0: In the spotlight on Afternoon Talk with Ashraf Garda, all the big names making big money and even bigger headlines, only on SAFM. All right, in the spotlight we go. I'll tell you what, here's a a starting point. If you have a chance to go to the Honeydew area, which is sort of west of Joburg downtown, you know, past Randberg in those areas, right, Uh, probably about maybe 15 Ks. From outside, uh, Johannesburg Central, Suffolk so University, for example, 1520k maximum west. You will find the African Leadership Academy. I had the privilege of being there last year. Uh, not for myself, because my daughter was considering getting in there and invited a whole lot of people in leadership in their schools there. She hasn't yet joined her. They, they start in September. That's their course. They run on the O-level system. Uh, but I can tell you now, it is the most impressive campus, really. Really impressive. So make a plan and go there. Why am I saying that? Because I I believe that. But also, as a bit of irony, we have someone who plays an integral role in the running of the academy. And he's with me in the spotlight. And that's Faith um, Abiodun. So just let me get the spelling right so you know it. It's A-B-I-O-A-B-O-D-U-N. So Faith Abiodun is with me. He's the man in the spotlight. Good chatting to you and thanks for coming in. Thank you. Honour to be here. Good.
1: So, So what then is your title within within the African Leadership Academy. You do lots of things, (laughs) I know, but let's start with that. I do lots of things, but I head recruitment at the academy right now. I've uh, been there five years And I helped to build uh, Several components of the program right. Uh, But right now My key job is to find The young leaders Across Africa Who come to school At the academy So I was telling the producer My job takes me Ten months and a year On the road uh, Across Africa Looking for uh, The continent's top talent To bring them here so, to so, so it's
0: interesting Because when you said Recruitment I think most people are saying Ah oh, he's got a job to offer me No you're <laughs> looking at
1: Student recruitment I'm right? looking for Student recruitment Young leaders uh, the, way we, the way we describe them uh, uh, Young leaders across Africa Who have shown Incredible potential. The people who we know that if we invest further in, they will change this continent. So, my job is to find them across Africa.
0: Okay, you already speak my language. If you <laughs> said nothing else, I'll say, let's go and have coffee together. I think it's so important, right? Mm. How, how, how do you determine that these young leaders that you, that you talk about mm. have the potential? Because, I mean, you, you're speaking at that stage, am I, are you looking at I mean, my daughter spent a the day there so yeah, you know that yeah, yeah. are you looking at people who are in matric or, or, or what, what, at what age are you, are you l- recruiting or targeting?
1: So matric is the, it's about the right age to be looking at but broadly we look across Africa 15 to 19 years old. Uh, some continents, uh, some countries have schools uh, finishing by about 16 or 17 years old. That's really where some people begin to finish. In South Africa here it's about 18, 19 where folks are finishing matric or grade 12 in some cases. So we begin to look at them from grade 11 or thereabouts, as people who uh, we think are now at the right age to come to the academy. Uh, but generally, when you talk about potential and what, what we're looking out for, it's very, very broad, and there is no one-size-fits-all description of a leader. But on the whole, you're thinking, who has shown enough right now? To give us an indication that if we invest further in them, they will change this continent in some way. So that could be someone who's run an NGO from scratch in some capacity. It could be someone who has built their own business. It could be an, a sports star. It could be someone who's really into music. It could be anything. And yet they, they're still very young. Very young. You know, so that, that's the point because we, we're looking every year for the continent's top 120 mm-hmm. across all of Africa. And we might get, uh, say two, three thousand applicants every single year to the academy. And we're going to take only 120 of them. In, in the past, we've had up to 4,000 people applying in one wow. year. And you're thinking, how exactly do we get from 4,000 down to 500 down to 100?
0: And this is only in, in South Africa, in Johannesburg?
1: We're, we're only based here country. in Johannesburg, but we travel across Africa, all 54 countries. right? So I've got a, a team that is really large that travels across the continent every single year. Uh, myself this year, I've been in six countries this year, just looking for these guys. And the whole year, we're going to be on the road like that. So the goal for us is to find people, and we're supported by an extensive network we've got churches we've got mosques we've got NGOs we've got schools we've got parents everyone is saying here is someone amazing have a look at them and let's see if they're the type of person that you are looking to find so it's a very very broad description uh, of young leaders but again whatever the life story is you must be able to see enough in it that says this fellow has done enough right now to give me a clue that if I walk further with them and I connect them to the right opportunities they will change Africa.
0: okay so unlike others who would uh, who would apply at a university mm-hmm. or wherever,
1: typically, mm-hmm. and their marks are good enough, they, they mm-hmm. by and large get accepted immediately. Yeah. You're saying that's not the case with you? That's not the case. It's a year-long process to actually select people to the academy. So typically, we, like you said, we start in September each year. Mm-hmm. So September, the previous year, is when we begin recruitment for the following year. right? So bro- broadly, you're looking for, uh, we, we're going to do a couple of presentations, seminars, conferences across the continent, trying to get people to know enough about us to get on our website, see who we are, and then we're going to request them to apply. A few things you'll see on our application really is, at what point in your life have you identified a need in your community, and what did you do about it? Right, so everyone's story is unique. Someone else might say, I was born in a refugee camp, perhaps, in the DRC, and my parents lived through war, and I couldn't get through school, so I built a school for my colleagues. That's someone's story. For someone else, it could be uh, my mom, you know, was a single mom, and so she couldn't f- afford my education, so I started a business to support my parents and pull my siblings through, through school. Mm. That's their story. For someone else, they could be the child of a politician or a child of a minister, and they could say, well, I was born into relative mm-hmm. wealth, so what I did was every school holiday, you know, I organized, you know, a, a party in my family in my house for my colleagues to come and play with us. Right. For someone else, it could be anything. It could be I've been captain of the basketball team for the mm. last 10 years here is what I've achieved. Everyone has got a unique story. So we want to get enough of people's stories to see, are you the right type of person that we can work with to develop into an entrepreneurial leader? That's super important, because folks think about leadership just in terms okay, of politics. That thought. Oh, what yeah. is an entrepreneurial leader as opposed to
0: political leader, as, as we tend to think about in the obvious sense Then, uh, Faith uh, Abiodun is with me. He's the man. In the spotlight, he is in a leadership position at the African Leadership Academy, head of recruitment, therefore, students need to get there and the next year. Starts in September More from him in a moment You can connect with him In fact, if you know him If you know about him If you know about the Academy That's great 891 To call in to SMS It's a new SMS number 40938 40938 And if you are tweeting It's hashtag Afternoon talk Do tweet to me Ashraf Gander Do tweet to SFM Radio As well Celebrate Human Rights Month This March But exercise and respect Your human rights Always. We must be the drivers of our own future. SAFM, appreciating the value of our human rights. The drivers of our own future. There's nothing like settling in when the gears hits. And nothing says gears like the Photocom Super Rugby. It's your chance to watch your team face off against the best teams in the world. So be a fan and support your boys. Hook yourself up with an Explorer Decoder from your nearest retailer and subscribe to DSTV Premium. It's the best way to enjoy the Photocom
1: Super Rugby, exclusive to DSTV Premium. The power of great entertainment includes SABC 1, 2, and 3. Introducing U-Count Rewards for business from Standard Bank. Dr. Janet here. Having my own dental practice hasn't been easy, like the unexpected costs of replacing equipment and dealing with terrified children. But it feels
0: good knowing I'm being rewarded while going about my business.
1: Moving a business forward is challenging, but getting rewarded is easy. Swipe, collect, enjoy. Sign up at standardbank.co.za forward slash you business or speak to your banker. Standard Bank moving forward, an authorized financial services and registered credit provider. Teaser sees apply. There are some
0: conversations you simply shouldn't miss. Afternoon talk with Ashraf Garda on SAFM. Faith Abiyadin is with me. He's the man in the spotlight, head of recruitment at the African uh, Leadership Academy based at Honeydew, west of uh, Johannesburg. So, Randburg, Rudderport area, I mean, you'll certainly. Finally, they're very impressive. I strongly suggest you Google them and find out exactly what they're all about. But we certainly will get his story as well. So, okay, we spoke
1: about entrepreneurial leadership. Yes. What's that? So the whole point is to take this concept of entrepreneurship on the one hand and leadership on the other hand. Many people try to separate them and say an entrepreneur runs a business. A leader is uh, a leader. right? Mm-hmm. You can't really define mm-hmm. that. So we thought, well, an entrepreneur doesn't run a business necessarily. We think an entrepreneur is someone who's able to identify opportunities in challenges and then use that to create something great, period. So if you're a person who can see what everyone else is as a problem and you think there's an opportunity there, we think you're an entrepreneurial thinker. So we're taking entrepreneurial thinking plus values-based leadership. To say, what if we could just find in Africa or build or develop a generation of people who think entrepreneurially? Can we always find opportunities and who have the right values-based background? If we merge those together, you could have an entrepreneurial leader. Because by nature, entrepreneurs
0: are problem solvers. Problem solvers. And and
1: Africa is the hotbed for that, right? This is the best place to be solving problems. So what we're really doing is this. We want to find people who can go into any sector and be effective. When you think about leaders, you think about them as being CEOs of businesses or you think about them as running governments. But we're saying we want people to be applicable and adaptable in any industry. I honestly wish we had more entrepreneurs in government, to be honest. I speak about it all the time. What if we had people who went into a governmental position and thought, how do I take the minimum that is here and create so much more, rather than how do I blow it all up and have a great time? Some years ago, I mean, so Ramaphosa is in government, uh,
0: uh, very entrepreneurial. Uh, now Herman Mashaba in South Africa, of mm-hmm. course, is the mayor of Joburg. Yes, he's super yes. entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Uh, you from Nigeria? Yeah, I'm Nigerian. Uh, w- we were we were talking the about w- w- would would Dangote finally get into come the leaders? I mean, is, is that the is that what you're suggesting? That once they done really well in in entrepreneurship, the Mm. scope for
1: them, Mm. because they also don't need the money, right? They they don't need the money if they've gone all the way up. But again, they don't need to have gone all the way to have achieved so much what you might call success in business. We want them to be thinking, no matter how they start their careers, what what, what directions they go into, to think anyone who's always able to take minimum and create maximum, that's an entrepreneurial thinker. So that person can actually start in government from day one as a start of their career, mm. but if they've been trained and developed to think, I'm not here to consume, I'm here to develop, that type of person could go all the way up. So at some point, you could have folks like Dangote who are going in government and supporting you have that, imagine in an America and a few other countries where people who have we maxed have, out have their business. The, uh, uh, we do have lots of people uh, who are taking that path to say, I have learned how to create opportunity. Now let's take that into government. But ultimately, I think in every, in every industry, we need people who are able to take small and create so much out of it. So hopefully uh, our governments continue to emerge that way that people see politics not as a dirty game, as something to stay away from, but as a platform to create a commonwealth uh, for a citizenry. So I think our goal is whether you go into the nonprofit sector the governmental sector or the base or private sector you must be a person who has a foundation of creating opportunities okay and i want to get to you now in your story because you're Absolutely. from nigeria what are you doing here before that yeah. let's
0: finish up on the african leadership academy best sure so 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 the end goal of how how many how many campuses are there of the african leadership academy
1: so the, the academy is based here in johannesburg as our only campus but we have begun to now spread i mean having done this for nine years going on ten years we've begun to see that This mission is much, much bigger than what we can run in one small space. So the founders of the academy began to think, we have got to expand this. So a a set of universities began to emerge three years ago now. So we built a first campus in Mauritius, a second campus now in Rwanda. Ultimately, there will be 25 campuses across Africa all doing the exact same thing. So okay. the academy is based here in Johannesburg, but now we've run, we've begun to spin out a set of universities, 25 of which will emerge in, in, in a couple of and, years. And
0: how, how long have you had the academy now
1: for? Nine years. This is We're all going right, to the 10th so, year. So where, what, what has happened to the nine-year-old students? Fantastic question. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because the academy runs for two years, they, the first set came to us in 2008, and then they stayed with, with us until 2010. Upon graduation, the vast majority of them went to universities same year. Right, some a year afterwards Now that group began to finish university in 2014 2015 About 70% of them are back in Africa right now They went to universities across the world Now they're coming back to the continent To take on jobs in, in the private sector In the non-profit sector and in politics Because they come from all over Africa They're going into every country So our vision again is bring them from all over Africa Here to Johannesburg Develop them, send them out to the world Get them the best higher education they could get and bring him back into Africa in any capacity. So, for example, we've got one of our graduates from our inaugural class who's Kenyan. He's now running for Senate in Kenya this year, 27-year-old gen- gentleman, Eddie, Eddie Okay
0: wow. That,
1: for us, is an example of a person who's taking the bull by the horn saying, I've got this. And he didn't just show up and say, oh, I want to go run for, for Senate. He'd been running an, an NGO in Kenya helping to combat post-election violence before he even came to ALA. That's how we found him as a person who was doing things and we thought if we invest in this young 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 man he could become a whole lot more and now he's running for Senate election in a couple of weeks. So fingers crossed he might win the election. Well, that's That'll that's be a great sure. story.
0: But I mean, here's the story. Of, uh, you know, after I was there, then I bumped into a all of these students mm. at, uh, at the funeral, by the way. They all mm. happened to come from the mm. African Leadership Academy. And I found quite interesting that mm. they come from just about every country mm. in this continent. You know, there will be from Tunisia, then Morocco, yes, then yes. From, uh, from, from Nigeria, then yeah. from Ghana, from yes. Kenya. Uh, from Senegal And mm. when you ask them What do I want to become mm. I want to become The Secretary General Of the United Nations mm. I want to lead my country I mean that's the level Of ambition yeah. do, do you see then this As a finishing school For that That it ultimately you, yeah. you would expect Yeah a great number of, of africa's
1: leaders will yeah. one
0: day yeah. talk about their time in johannesburg
1: that that is absolutely the point we are building a network of what we believe to be six thousand high impact leaders for africa over 50 years so it's a small nation of about 125 every single year that will come through the academy right and they will be catalysts they will go back into the sectors and develop so ultimately these are the guys who will transform this continent as catalysts they have to build the rest of the communities with them so they won't walk the journey alone but we expect that in a couple of years, it's beginning to emerge. The captains of industry, leaders of non-profits, leaders of the top multilateral organizations, presidents of countries, they will all come through this place. And I think Joburg is lucky to host them. Absolutely. I have no doubt
0: about that. More from uh, Faith uh, Abioden in a moment. But in fact, how did he come to South Africa from Nigeria? Why is he here? We'll get all those answers in a moment. 89 This is the Afternoon Talk Show. In the Spotlight, on Afternoon Talk with Ashraf Garda. All the big names making big money and even bigger headlines. Only on SAFM. Faith uh, Odin is with me. He's in the Spotlight. He is the head of recruitment, that means in terms of graduates, to get from school, that is pre-graduate, let's, let's get that right, uh, to join the African Leadership Academy based in Honeydew, uh, west of Johannesburg, so very close to the sort of Randburg, Rudaport area, somewhere in between all of that, right? Mm. So, but I mean, that's one other part of your life.
1: You've done many other things, so I'll, mm. I'll leave you to maybe just mention four other significant things that you were involved in. Absolutely. Uh, so, I grew up in Nigeria, like you mentioned, and it was a great honor for me to, you know, begin to see how life was on that side mm-hmm. So having grown up I began my career Actually in journalism uh, I started as a writer For The Guardian I, I did that for You the hosted World. the show like this I, I was a radio right. interview okay. host also So my, my journalistic career Took took me uh, a, a little bit And uh, I still do uh, journalism today I do commentary for the BBC I would do some work with Al Jazeera So I keep my media roots As my foundation Definitely uh, Beyond that I began to run my own non-profit In, in 2008 in Nigeria uh, I was really passionate about Leadership and entrepreneurship And education uh, from the scratch. So I founded uh, Global Impact Network, uh, which has worked with you know, hundreds of uh, perhaps thousands now of young people through various programs in Nigeria, leadership conferences, uh, entrepreneurship challenges, uh, and, and volunteering again at lots of non-profits and schools. We adopted a high school to help to rebuild uh, a government school. So that has been uh, the longest running project I've done uh, for, for nine years now before I came uh, to work at African Leadership Academy. Beyond that, I founded a public speaking school in 2009, also in Nigeria, really passionate about about public speaking. I was, you know, a passionate debater uh, in my days in, in high school and university. Lead speaker for university's debate team, uh, won a ton of competitions. Uh, so that for me was very important to see lots of people not being able to speak mm-hmm. as confidently uh, in society and you know advance their their thoughts uh, uh, through 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 speaking. So I founded that public speaking school, going strong in seven years now, coaching here in South Africa as well as in Nigeria. So that's the third thing I began to do. Uh, fourth, I'll say it's just been the that I've been doing here in Johannesburg and now beginning to work with uh, multilateral institutions like the African Union uh, so four years ago I founded through the African Leadership Academy, the Model African Union, uh, which for me is a platform to develop the continent's future diplomatic So
0: what's it like, a, like a mini council can I call it that? It is, it is of it the is. African Union.
1: It is, it is exactly that you know, so uh, this is now working across the world, so for, we've run four conferences the fourth one actually kicks off tomorrow here in Johannesburg we're bringing together 270 uh, young leaders and educators from all over the continent, people coming from as far as Sri Lanka are coming from Peru, coming from India, from Pakistan, they're coming here to begin to simulate the African Union to begin to think about what are the real issues in Africa right now and how do we design implementable policy-based solutions because we're all really, really good at complaining Africans. We are so good at Mm -hmm. identifying the problems but when you ask, so what needs to be done? No one knows exactly what needs to be done. So I see my mission as that of helping to prepare people to know what needs to be done Uh, across multiple levels. So whether it's a challenge in healthcare, or a challenge in agriculture or immigration or security, uh, I want to ensure that we develop a generation of conscious uh, decision makers who understand the challenges, who have a Pan-African lens on Mm -hmm. issues and who have practiced how to design solutions. When I talk to people, I say, hey, if you're going to be a great sportsman, you're going to have to do a lot of practice, isn't it? You're going to practice, practice, practice so you can win a gold medal. If you're going to go into music or arts, you practice as much as possible till you become that concert performer. But the guys who go into politics and into diplomacy, they think they don't have to practice. They just want to go through the struggle and then get into Senate or get into the House and then become so. The so president.
0: why is it? I mean, you touched on something that I actually believe in completely. That mm. sport, sporting analogies, allows mm. us to understand the idea of working as a team. Absolutely. And the training that you've mentioned. Yeah. Why Why is it we can't? make that connection between that's just another way of doing things in life mm. and then mm. applying that to other parts of the world uh, You know, in terms of our careers and we can't, we can't apply that part and, and, and make that point
1: about you need to be trained to be in those positions uh, See, we, we've not demanded the highest from our leaders We've not demanded the highest We, we basically... Project our aspirations, our dreams Onto someone who's a great uh, speaker They can rouse us But we don't, mm. we don't really investigate their ideas I, I say to people This is perhaps the biggest investment you might make As an individual mm. The people who lead you This just might be the biggest investment Because they manage your commonwealth They manage your taxes They manage your infrastructure Your roads Your education system Your healthcare system Why don't we investigate and, and think at the highest level about the kinds of person to whom we entrust our future, our children's future. So a, a politician shows up with a bag of rice and that's it. They're good enough to win an election. That, that's far from sufficient. So I don't think that as citizens we have demanded the highest level of accountability of qualifications from the guys who lead us across the continent. Why, why is that the case? Uh, human beings are, are not... They, we're, we're keen to focus on the things that matter to us the most on a daily basis. So uh, you kind of look at politics as all the way up there, and we can't really conquer it. We we can't really do so much about it. So we don't put too much to that. You want to focus on your day-to-day. You know, can I afford my education? Can I just drive my car to school? Not knowing that the person whom you ignore as your president, as your mayor, is the person whose day-to-day activities influences your day-to-day. So I think it's just been, uh, I'm going to call it amnesia over time, but it's just been we forget, we tend to overlook the fact that we can't look away from these guys whose decisions or ideas or thoughts govern a lot of what we do and the way they manage. In South Africa here, you might look at things like uh, social challenges, you know, uh, xenophobia, which pops up every now and then reported in the media. You might look at failing education systems. You might look at the water shedding, light shedding that comes up every single now and then. If the people who govern are not the most intelligent or not the most deliberate about the kinds of ideas that people put on the table... The citizen begins to complain, oh, we don't have enough water. But you still don't know exactly how to challenge and get things done. So my goal is to ensure that the folks at the top are prepared. They have gone through enough training and, 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 and practicing how to solve situations as they arrive. Okay, but, the, but that will come from your academy. That will come from the still academy. Have to go, I mean, the academy is, is almost a pre-university yes. uh, program, program yes. right? it's It's a lifelong model, however. It's different from any school you might think about. So when you go through school, high school, university, upon graduation, it's bye, hope you have a great life. It's very different from us. We work with them for the rest of their lives. They're committed into a lifelong network. So I could, I could pull up for you data right now of every single person who's come through the academy, where they are in the world, what they're doing. We track them. We work with them every single day of the year. We know where they are. We support their growth. We help them into their jobs. We help them into internships. We connect them to opportunities across the world for the rest of their lives. That, for me, is the kind of institution we have to be building. Because your average school lets you off. If you graduate and you find another opportunity, we're happy for you. We'll publish you in the papers if you become successful. Mm. But we don't track you and work with you and connect you to opportunities for the rest of your life. That's what ALA does. So whether you came in 2008 or 2017, you're in a lifelong network. And we're different. And I'm
0: sure listeners will be saying, wow. There's something that's really interesting about that The ALA African Leadership Academy uh, Faith uh, Abiodun, with me um, What we may just do uh, In fact we'll, we'll, we'll get to the news coming up in a minute or so What then in, in, in your experience of South Africa So mm. just a quick thought on South Africa and leadership right
1: now mm. This is a great country by all, by all stretches of the imagination South Africa is great uh, But I think Across the board, South Africans think about themselves uh, in, in, in a cocoon. There isn't so much of a, of a broad-based uh, awareness about the continent and, and leadership on the continent. Many people in Africa look up to South Africa, uh, across the continent, look up to, to this country uh, for strong leadership. But I think that people often stop looking at the top. You look at the president and you don't go much lower down the line. And I think that's a very weak strategy. The president is only as effective as his team and the people who have to implement mm-hmm. his ideas. Mm-hmm. So I think this continent, this country particularly has got uh, so much potential that might not be tapped yet because people aren't looking beyond the presidency. I think there are lots of great administrators in many levels of society. I think uh, the political system is still emerging. And uh, I think when you see a little bit more challenge in the political system, electoral system, where you don't have a one-party or two-party system dominating, I think you see a lot more quality coming through. At the moment, there's still too much expectation in one political party, and it's not sipping down all the way through. So I think that there are lots of great administrators. Not many politicians, who one might refer to as great uh, implementers of good ideas. Great administrators, not great politicians. Mm-hmm. Wow. How,
0: is, is there, outside of it, is, is there something in particular you may want to just get off your chest? Something you feel,
1: you know what, I, I need to raise this today. About, about anything. Yeah, I, I, need, I need to raise the need for South Africans to see themselves as part of a collective. No single African country will grow in a vacuum. And I don't think many South Africans are as aware of the rest of Africa as they should be. So, my, if I need to get anything off my chest, it will be open your eyes. South Africa will not grow in a vacuum. The more you work with other nationals of other countries in Africa, the better South Africa okay. will
0: grow. Okay, you want to tell me what you mean in terms of practice, what that really means, right?
1: 105.3,
0: the home of SAFM in Uppington. 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 SAFM, South Africa's news
1: and information leader.
0: Thanks uh, for that. We'll see more coming up. Of course, PM live four to six. Lots of developments there will be covered in detail. Faith uh, Abiyodin is with me now, head of recruitment for the African Leadership Academy. Certainly welcome your questions if you have any questions about the academy, or even about possibly one of your. It could be yourself. It could even be One of your children attending that African Leadership Academy at Honeydew. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. Otherwise, tweets are welcome to um, well tweets to me. I- Ashraf Ghanda, but do use hashtag Afternoon Talk. And let me remind you that new SMS number, it's 40938, 40938. Why, Faith, you, you spoke about South Africa needs to understand it can't grow in a, in a vacuum. Yes. So how, let's say we agree, mm-hmm. how, do we, how do we change that? So agreeing is one thing, how do we change that then?
1: I think, first of all, you have to know before you can do. If you know better, you can do better, right? Uh, firstly, I think the education system in this country, again, is very South Africa-centric. Many people grow up... Uh, thinking, aspiring to the best in South Africa, not really looking beyond to understand what's out there. So if anything will begin to change, I think a Pan-African education is a good starting point. Uh, people literally see me and get started in the, in the local language because uh, people just think I'm from around here, which, which is fair. I understand that it's, it's, your, it's a country, and you should expect that I'm from around here, but the sense that I just might not be from around here is not top of people's minds. Also, people talk a lot about South Africa and Africa. And I'm saying, well, you're still part of this big Africa, isn't it? Uh, Also, I think an awareness of the needs and challenges and opportunities in the rest of the continent, there are 54 big countries on this continent, and South Africa is only one of them, not even by any means close to being the largest country uh, on the continent. So I'll start with education and just a public awareness and openness mentally to the fact that there are many of us who own this space. This country has got great infrastructure to start Mm -hmm. with, better than what you will see in many parts of the continent, but it's not the best in the continent. So I think South Africans have to start knowing that, yes, we have it going good, it's going okay, things are fair, but you are not the best player in the book, right, and you've got to be open to others. So I'll say that wherever it starts from a, a a primary school level, a high school level, open up the minds. This country's got so much going for it. There's great resources, great people, but I don't think the awareness of the rest of the continent is there. And there are opportunities. So so here's the
0: thought. I'm I'm part of a movement called champion south africa or mm. champion africa that'll come later champion mm. south africa we, we want to be the best nation on earth and i think you'd yes. appreciate that fact that if we're good but not the best mm. what are we going to do to to get there right mm. w- what does south africa then need to do to at least become the best nation mm. in africa firstly mm. and then in the world like meaning what what's the the fundamental shift that we have to make
1: i'll go right back to education which is where i work this continent this country is run to really low On global education standards south africa is ranked really really low and that's not great for a country that wants to be the best right you can't afford to leave anyone behind literacy rate in south africa is really low you get a look at the ratios there are lots of countries in africa that are doing a whole lot better in moving everyone together Right. So infrastructure has been good in this country for a while, and I think there's a great foundation to build from. But if you keep leaving about half of the country behind, or a third of the country behind, or a subset of the population behind, you will never grow together. So my, my message to South Africa will be, fix education at every single level. Don't leave anyone behind. The people you educate today will be the opportunity creators tomorrow. If you get enough people going into every single sector, you need to be educating the next generation of entrepreneurs, the next generation of inventors, the next generation of artists, the next generation of politicians. So get everyone into a viable classroom. That opportunity automatically creates a new playing ground for them. So what, why do you think we're not doing that? it? It's that
0: obvious. I mean, everybody says the same thing, uh, that we need to move together, we need to raise the standards, and why can't we do
1: it? I think investment has been misplaced in many cases. Investment is being misplaced. Access to education is the first thing. And then ability to fund education is the second thing. So you don't have enough schools right now where people can get into a classroom and be viably taught. It's all in the news. Misappropriation of money for textbooks and things of that nature. Uh, Pass rates being lowered to ensure that people can just move through and all of that. So I think if you don't fix education, you're alienating a a huge subset of your population. And there are people who will never be able to aspire to more than what they can right now. So if you're the child of a person born in a township, Mm -hmm. the the ceiling for you is automatically lowered relative to the person who's born in the city center. So I think giving everyone that level playing field. I, I drive around townships. The academy where I work is in, is in Honigiu. It's a slightly protected part of town. You know, we, we're, in, we, we're only two minutes from Zansprit. Mm-hmm. And once I drive down Zansprit, I look at people around me and I think, what are the chances that any of these people will ever step in a classroom? Talk less of have a job in a great mm-hmm. place like SABC. Mm-hmm. So, so if you don't get the right foundation, the ceiling for you is lowered to maybe being a, a bus driver or being a menial worker, a construction site worker, how is that person ever going to create opportunities for the next generation? So I think access, first of all, you will never go wrong by building schools. You will never go wrong by creating investment, the private sector, the non-profit sector, the public sector, get people in the classrooms, open up their minds, show them opportunities. They might go launch a business, they might go into politics, they might go into governments, into non-profits, into their own business, whatever they choose to do, mm-hmm. the ceiling the, the for them is raised. But if they don't get that starting point, the ceiling is so low, where do they go from there?
0: Yeah, good, good point. What then, what you know, in terms of your thoughts of a, a current great African leader, who, who, who would that be?
1: I'm fascinated by a number of people uh who have i don't think you will find anyone who's perfect and so perfection should not be 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 looked to i think there are people with effective methods for different times people talk a lot about paul kagami as the president of of rwanda Mm -hmm. who's basically uh, i'll say he's dragged his country by the (laughs) collar right because he he came into power at a time when the country was known for one thing genocide yeah but all of a sudden the story of rwanda is being changed on a day-to-day basis i think because paul kagami has been determined to drag the country can, forward. Can one person do that? Can one person actually change the destiny of a,
0: of a nation or, or, or of, a, of, a, of a suburb or a, or a sports
1: club? You know, can one person do that? I think it's too much to ask for one person, but you need that one person to start. So I don't think one person should take it as their life mission, and everyone should not look to only one person. But I think that one person stepping forward can attract a few more people behind them. So I wouldn't say that Paul Kagame by himself is the only reason Rwanda is becoming a mm. great nation. But I'll say it starts with Paul Kagame. So mm. that's an example of how I might say you can't put the whole destiny of a nation in one person's hands. People look to Barack Obama in, in, in America as, oh, he's going to change the country. Well, he did what he could, right? But he couldn't do everything by himself like he found out. And I'll say it's the same for South Africa. Don't look to one person to be a mm. savior. Mm. But by all means, one person is going to have to so step is, out. Is there a person in South Africa that, that impresses you? Without being ultra-political, I've been impressed by the rhetoric of Mosi Maimane, mm. uh, who's a person who I've seen, again, being a young person, starting early, building a track record of saying, well, we could all get cynical about the fact that we don't like the dominance of the ANC as a political party, for instance. We could get cynical. We could say, oh, it's never going to change. Uh, so I'm not endorsing a political party by any stretch of the imagination. I'm saying I've met him, I've listened to his rhetoric, and I, I like the talk. I need him and a few more people to begin to back that up with actual action, so that more people can believe that there is a path for for young people to change things. So I think the more young people you see like Musi stepping forward and beginning to show that they can do more than talk, they can actually govern. I think more people can follow suit. Uh, that okay. on the on political side.
0: Incredibly, spot. three minutes or so to go with uh, Faith uh, Abiodun as I continue putting him in the spotlight. So, so w- w- what for you has been like your your absolute career highlight?
1: I think my career highlight has been the work that I've done uh, with people, my age and people uh, above my age. Uh, I have the unique privilege of working on a day to day basis with what I believe will be the continent's top, uh, the continent's change makers. My career highlight has been in moments that have been captured where a person talks to me and says, this changed my life, the work that you did. It's not one thing. I I could talk about winning this competition, going to speak at the United Nations, uh, going to speak at conferences in Istanbul, across the world. I could speak about the people I've met, uh, the awards I've won. I could speak about the places I've traveled to. But all those things are facades. I think the real change is in the hearts of people, the people who can reflect on a moment where your work changed their life. Give them belief, gave them hope uh, The 270 people who are arriving in Johannesburg as I speak For a conference we're running from tomorrow until Sunday Who have descended on this country because they believe their work can change Africa That for me is the highlight I agree, ok Right, we're going we're gonna
0: to wrap up with a couple of quick questions with very quick answers sure. So of all the people in the world, who's the one person you want to take out to lunch?
1: Barack Obama, by all chances Why? He's fascinating uh, I like his ability to stay calm under every kind of pressure uh, I can't imagine what his life was for eight years, but I could see the gray hair. <laughs> that well, popped up overnight. Yeah.
0: All right, so let's say you're the president of South Africa. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about nationality. You're the president mm-hmm. of the country. Mm-hmm. Choose a, a non-politician
1: mm-hmm. to be your deputy. I'll take the CEO of any of the top performing firms in the country right now. Uh, I wouldn't name any specific firm, but I'll look to someone who has practiced leadership at a, at a, at a non-pressure level on a political sense, but someone who's shown a turnaround uh, a, a strategy. So I'll look for someone who's running one of the top uh, firms we in should the look economy. out for, that. Right, look
0: for w- that. What about a book that, that you just have to recommend?
1: Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell. It's a fascinating book. Uh, it really shows how people who don't look like it could become it. So I hi- highly recommend get Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. It's a fascinating book. I love it. Best lesson you've learned? Work hard. Simple as that. Absolutely. L- leave me with a quote If you keep working hard are the things that matter to you, you will find success no matter how long it takes you.
0: And, and, and lastly, Faith, uh, Abiyodin, how, how are you going to measure your own destiny in terms of your
1: legacy? By the people who I encounter and the success they they achieve i don't think that my work will end in terms of a company i run or government i run i think it's all about people and if i if if tonight is my last night I'll die a happy man knowing that I've helped to prepare the next generation of African leaders. Well, there you are, the African Leadership Academy. Uh, Faith Abioden is
0: the chief recruiter there. Do do me a favor. Just tweet all the links to the Academy. Absolutely will do. And to SFM Radio and our Facebook pages. I want to share that. And I need to come and pay you another visit there sometime soon. Very, very impressive organization. And I think you've had some interesting thoughts. I'm sure listeners have absolutely enjoyed it.